Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowance and I'm joined by a banana-eating Matt Kendrick. Matt, are you well? Yeah, thumbs up because his mouth's full of banana. We'll get to you in a minute. Um, Aston Villa, one all with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. There'll be more waffle in this podcast than a Jim Beglin commentary session. Um, you just asked me about off air, how do I open a banana from the top or the bottom? The correct answer is from the bottom. So if that's what you were waiting for, you pinch the bottom and peel the sides open. It's a superior way. Are you well? Yeah, yeah, I didn't think we'd be, we'd be debating the correct way to open a banana. But actually, just feel a bit more. I've only got a little bit more left. Jeez, all right, well, what are people saying this evening? I thought, personally, that's a good point, and I'm happy with that. Um, I think given the recent form with four clean sheets in a row, it was always going to give at some point and we concede, and I think, if I'm, if I'm right, that's the first time this season we've picked up any points after going behind, so that's a nice little monkey to get off our back as well, because I think after being under pressure in the last few minutes, the, the old Villa might have buckled there and we'd have, we'd have conceded another and lost. So to come away with the point, Against Chelsea, good run at Christmas time, I mean, with an unchanged side. I'm happy with that. We are going to 2021, Man United on New Year's Day. Feeling positive in fifth place? Yeah, I was really encouraged by it. And if you, you know, I think you've only really got to look at the fact that Chelsea made, was it half a dozen changes? Six, I think. We made one. Oh, sorry, not six. Not not half (laughs) a dozen. Six to one, (laughs) half a dozen the other. Um, And Villa made one, and it was one in force change. And yet, just when we thought and the, the commentators were suggesting that we've got nothing left in the tank, um, you know, conjured up a goal and then found some more energy. So I think it's, um, you know, not only a Villa above Chelsea, um, albeit very narrowly, um, and I've got two games in hand on them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think of the think of the, the vast squad that Frank Lampard's got at his disposal. And think how, how Dean Smith and, and John Terry and Craig Shakespeare and whoever else, Richard O'Kelly and, and the fitness staff are getting every last drop out of out of this team at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know John McGinn won the, the was name man of the match, wasn't he, by, by Jim Beglin, which was a was a fair shout because, yeah. you know, a year, a year ago, Villa lost him, didn't they? He was crocked, I think, was it against Southampton around, around Christmas time and, you know, missed that energy. And considering he had a serious injury, he's cranked himself back into into gear brilliantly. I think in, in well so far this season, and just wish that one had flown in off his off his left boot oh. corner. What a rocket that was! It's such a good effort. Talking of good efforts as well, the Jacob Ramsey one was so <laughs> yeah. close. With the, I think it was his first touch, maybe his second touch after playing it forward. As soon as he comes on. That was very close. That would have been a, a great introduction to, uh, back into the Villa side for him. Um, just quickly on Esri Conn, so there's a couple of comments that I've just seen coming in about him throwing his body over the, all over the place. I thought I was a little bit, not apprehensive because he had to play because of the Ming situation, but because he'd missed a few games through, through illness, whatever that illness was, you still think, oh, if he comes back, he might not be the same. But he just came in, started back as he was. Matty Cash still performing excellently. 
Matty Target again had a very good game and, and as you mentioned John McGee I think today and in the last couple of games in particular he's back to his best now I saw some stats that Villa posted in a tweet a few minutes ago before we came on air if I can quickly find it and fill for the next couple of seconds while I find it 59 touches 22 passes completed 3 tackles won 2 successful, successful dribbles 2 aerial dribbles won 2 key passes 1 inception 1 clearance and 1 shot which was on target because it hit the crossbar and what apart from doing a fair tree um it wasn't on target, it was off target because it hit the crossbar. If it was on target, it would have gone even under the crossbar, but I'm not going to get dragged into that one again. Um, <coughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people being very, very optimistic before this game, thinking that Villa could go and roll over Chelsea, who had been in bad form, uh, and then go and take it to Manchester United um, on Friday or whenever New Year's Day falls. Yeah, And, you know... People who have listened, regular listeners and viewers will know that I, I like to bring a, a dollop of, of pessimism uh, or realism, depending what you think about it. I just kept, I don't know why, but uh, Villa was so good against Crystal Palace that it kept playing over in my mind that when Villa beat Liverpool uh, under Lambert um, away at Anfield, and I think they went to Stamford Bridge the, the, the week after and got battered, um, battered 8-0. Uh, and I just thought, listen, if Villa can can go and compete and kind of you know show that they they can match Chelsea, then then I'll take that today. I'd have taken it even if we'd have lost the game. But mm. I think Villa went went and competed with a, a very jaded kind of a jaded eleven and showed ambition to try and go and win the game. As yeah. well, I thought Villa started best. I thought Villa, you know, I thought until Chelsea scored, I thought Villa probably edged it. Um, and you know there were there were chances when when that Chilwell one just just oh, whizzed wide for the last kick of the game or however late in the game I thought oh god I did think that was going to kind of you know smash smash into the top corner but I thought I thought it was a you know people probably think I should perhaps dare to dream a little bit more and think Villa can go there and and kind of win the game comfortably but I thought it was as as good a performance. As we could have, I don't know. Listen, of course, they could have gone there and done it. You know, when Villa went to Arsenal and, and beat them, or when we ripped open, um, when we ripped open Liverpool, or when we did a bit of a smash and grab at Leicester. But you know, these games, for a, without labouring the point, for a, a squad that is a probably a fifteen-man squad at best. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really chuffed with it. I'm probably as pleased with that as I am with the um, the win over Crystal Palace. Uh, on Boxing Day, albeit for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think it shows a different side for Villa that we did have to, not. I don't think grind it out is the right word, but we were under pressure in that last 10 or 15 minutes and we still managed to find a way to hold out. I think Emi Martinez is, is a big part of that, that pretty much everything that comes his way, he catches. Even when he, he dives for a save, he doesn't parry it out or palm it away, he brings it down and holds it in. I think he must bring a lot of confidence that that back form we spoke about him loads. Um, it's a question here from Anthony Burford who says, what did you think of Bertrand Traoré? Many Villa fans online were slating him, whereas the commentators were very complimentary. It's an interesting conflict of opinion. I think did it felt we've had... Then? Did you call him Anthony? That's well, Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Burford, I said. I thought I thought you pronounced the H then, which I might have done. Sorry, Anthony, if I did. I've burnt my well, tongue. Well, you might, you might. A bit weird. Anthony might pronounce the H, but I, I don't like. I, I, I think it's a silent H. Um, what's the question? Try all right. The question is, try all right. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I thought he was okay. You know, I think the commentators dug him out a little bit, actually, for, for not giving Matty Cash enough protection down that front. They're giving Chilwell too much space on the left. I don't think they mentioned that too often. <laughs> yeah, only about 16 times. Um, I thought he was okay. I thought he was okay. Obviously, you know, he's, he's, he's burst back into the team, hasn't he, in recent weeks. He's scored a couple mm-hmm. of times and, you know, he's looked looked really impressive. I don't think it was that, that kind of game today where he was going to kind of get that much freedom to go and impose his game. I thought he was, I thought he was, he was decent. I mean, I'll just, I'm going to have a little look at um, our expert in the field, Ash, to see what his player rating said. I, without guessing, I would have said draw eight six. six out of ten. Michael Hudson's just asked me if I've got no, any side left. I haven't. Well, I have. It's in the fridge, but um, it's a Monday night. But is it a bank holiday? Is it a bank holiday today? It is, isn't it? Is it a bank holiday? I think it does because Boxing Day Boxing fell on the weekend. weekend. Yeah, I've been working, so I've not been drinking today, whereas I wasn't working Boxing Day. Well, I worked at the Villa game, that was it. So now just water for me tonight, and I've, I've, I've put a little bit of lip balm on because I've got dry lips in the winter. I, I don't know where this podcast is going while I'm filling for you faffing around, but I keep leaving lip balm on the glass. If anyone sees the glass being dirty, it's lip balm, not not my dirty mouth. Um, have you found out the player rating, Jake? I've run out of things well, to say. Can you, talk us, can you talk us through your beauty regime a bit more, mate? I'm just scrolling down. <laughs> Burn right, six out of ten. Yeah, Couldn't fair. handle Venture well at all. The England left-back really fancied his chance to get forward and did so at will, crossing into the box relentlessly, which was the source of Chelsea's first goal. Troy was lackadaisical defensively and left Cash fighting a two-man battle on his own, knowing he already had Pulisic to contend with. So... Yeah, <laughs> that's fair to me. Ash. Yeah, good, good one, Ash. Um, Why don't we just read out Ash's stuff? On here, <laughs> yeah, rather, yeah, good. I can just go to sleep then. Um, bring a bit more authority and a bit more kind of uh, expertise then, rather than me me waffling on. Um, I think um, I think what I like about Troy going forward is his unpredictability. I mean, Dad was saying this as we were watching it. I feel like even he doesn't know what he's going to do sometimes. You know, those players that they're just whooping yeah. it around out of nowhere and they'll have really tight control out of nowhere. And it's like, how did, how did he even get through there? And like the goal against whoever it was, Albin, I think when he just rolled it in. Things like that is what, what I like yeah. uh, it, to his game. Whereas Trezeguet is very different. He he would have tracked back today with, um, against Chilwell and been a different different kind of player. But that's what a squad game's all about. Different players for, for different games. Yeah, well, I, um, I call it the Paolo one-chop effect. Um, that the unpredictable probably might be a bit before your time, Paolo. Yeah. It was that kind of, you know, you do a step over and you actually accidentally kick the ball against your own heel, take, takes out two defenders, uh, and then you scuff one into the far corner. Um, what about the winger on the other side? Five goals in five games. Now, yeah. what did he let, let you, you, you tell me your thoughts on him? I want to see how many goals he scored last, last season. Uh, well, you find that I'll have a guess. I think he only got something like six all season. Maybe even less than that. I seem to remember seeing something like he got four in 37 or something, and then he got four in four this year or something like that. So um, maybe it's four. Um, I really, I was going to say, I almost said that I really like him, which I don't think is necessarily true. I really want to like him. He frustrates me a little bit sometimes, but you can't argue with five goals in five games and important goals in games as well. That's earned us a point today. He scores twice against the Albion. I like him. He's doing he's doing a good job. I think I would prefer Jack Grealish to be out down the left and Ross Barkley coming back into the middle, which I think we'll probably see against Man United. But then that that raises the question: Can El Ghazi be dropped when he's scoring five and five? 
Well, can you um, can you tell us a bit more about your lip balm, Mike? I haven't been able to find find his goal from last season yet. Hang on, hang on. Fourth um, Carl McCrutchy says it was six last season. So if that's correct, I was also correct. Is that correct, Matt? He did score six goals last season. Yeah. Yes. Um, Good knowledge. Including is that cup goals? Two, including two two in the cups, one in the in the league cup against Wolves, and one yeah. in the FA Cup as Villa. Exited the competition at the third round stage against Fulham. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, one one of them was a consolation penalty against Man City in the last yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, so he's already he's already scored more in the Prem this season than he managed last season. Um, which good on him. <laughs> Is that your analysis? I have to fill for all that time, and then you just say good on him. What do you oh, think? Good on him? Him? Does he stay in the side? I think he should stay in the side. Well, did you say should he stay in the side? Yeah, because Barkley yeah. can play again now, can't he? Because he couldn't play tonight. He's back fit again. Him or Trezeguet has to come out the side for Barkley to come in, and surely Barkley's an, a no-brainer. You mean Troy, all right, don't you? You've got your Trez mixed up again. Oh, I've done it again. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm in Troy. Right. I think you've got to leave Al Ghazi in there. I don't think he sends out the rock. Yeah, you've, you might, you've only scored five in five, Al Ghazi. Come on, sort your, you know, sort your act, get your act together. Um, yeah, I think he he deserves to. He, he's. I want to see what the comments are because I think I think Barkley would come straight back in. I think. Well, he probably could come back straight back in, but I'd, I'd leave Traore out ahead of oh, leaving you? Algarzi out. Um, and put Algarzi well, on the right. Yeah, what did you think of um? What did you think of the finish? By the way, I do love a a, a, a Megs on a goalkeeper. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he's always at the back. He's always at the back post as well as Neil Garzi. That seems to be his his preferred position. A great ball by Cash, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great Very ball. Very good ball. Um, um, a couple of comments here. Uh, Joe Williams says Barkley's too good to be left out. Carl McClatchy then says he should keep Barkley out. Aaron Clark says no need to mess with a settled team. Jason O'Brien thinks that players should be fighting for places. And Matt Jay agrees with you. Barkley in for Troy Row. And also, Deza Waters thinks the same. Um, Alex Byrne says, can't drop El Ghazi when he's got this much confidence, which, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but then we've seen the quality Ross Barkley had, and you think, well, how can he be on the bench if he's fit and available? And Troy, Troy, yeah. has, been, Troy has been decent as well, as much as he's not fully firing for 90 minutes a game. He's contributed in the last few weeks, and it's almost harsh to drop him as well. Well, I suppose the other the other dilemma. I, I would do that. I'd bring Parkley back in. I'd put Al Ghazi on the on the right and Grealish on the left. But the other dilemma is: does Mings come back in? Well, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good question. Would Would you play him back there? Because Hawes has been very good as well. I don't know which of the centre halves you drop. Bring him in. Cancer Mings is the duo, isn't it? On paper, they're the first choice. But Courtney Hawes has come in and been very good. So it seems harsh again to change that if they're if they're playing well. I've only considered yeah, the only first thing, time today. Yeah, I mean the only thing that that I suppose that um, Dean Smith could could say is that you know he does want to bring some fresh legs in, but Conter's not played that much football lately, yeah. so he's fresh. You know, Courtney Courtney Hawes has played you know a lot more games than he was probably expecting to play over yeah. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably be inclined to to leave the back four the same. Um, I know they've been breached today, um, but I don't think there was some last last 
ditch defending and some brave blocks. But I thought they I thought they defended pretty well considering how much of the ball Chelsea had. I, mean, I reckon Chelsea probably had at 70% possession today. Let me have a little look at the stats. Did a lot of research though. This isn't like you. Is this new year, new Matt Kendrick? I'm working today though, ain't I? That's the thing. Oh, is that the um, difference? You actually got your brain switched on. 64% possession to 36%. Um, For Chelsea? Yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to leave the back four the same. Uh, in fact, I'd probably be inclined to leave most of the team the same, except you'd probably bring Barkley back in. Uh, but then there is the point that other teams are making changes and, and Villa are sticking with what they've got, and is that going to catch up catch up with us at some point? Yeah, well, we'll be 12, 25 points clear at the top, mate, by the time we catch up at the top, mate. So. What did you... Um, what did you think of the, the like the leadership in the organisation then? Because I think that's probably what we miss with with Tyrone Mings the most. I think cause uh, cause cause and concert cause uh, are probably a, a decent combination defensively. But everyone knows what Tyrone Mings brings in terms of his leadership and his his organisation. Do you think we had that in other areas? I know that the commentators mentioned that they could hear McGinn shouting. Don't know whether that's a thing or not, but yeah, does he replace that? I didn't. I can't say I particularly noticed. Who was leading the way? But equally, I didn't see an Aston Villa team in disarray. Yeah, true. Um, so, what was going to say? I just just McGinn, just McGinn's turkey outfit just popped into my mind. <laughs> no. It's crazy, isn't it? Me and Dad said that, like, you wouldn't when you watch him play, you wouldn't imagine what he's like off the pitch. That on Christmas Day he's running around in a turkey outfit, and then the next the next couple of games, he's absolutely running the show, and he's this aggressive little. I think they called him a bulldozer on on Amazon tonight. That he's just powers through the midfield and, and and does a bit of everything. It's just like two different people, isn't it? John McGinn the footballer and John McGinn the, the person. Yeah, he's proper proper personality though, isn't he? I, I like that. I like footballers that that are oh. likable, not only for you know, their performance and their character mm. and their ability on the field. But, uh, you know, life's serious enough, isn't it? As it is, you, yeah. you like somebody who can kind of just have a laugh and, and be that kind of, um, that figure of fun. I, I think, you know, I've, um, there's been a bit of flack flying Steve Bruce's way in recent, um, in recent weeks. Cause the, you know, I think he's come out with his kind of mass hysteria claim, uh, for the pressure he's under at Newcastle. And yeah, a few people right. have spotted that, obviously, he said that at Villa and he said that at um, Sunderland as well. But it's still his, his great farewell gift, John McGinn, bringing John McGinn to Aston Villa. Um, mm. You know, for regardless of what people think of, of Steve Bruce, you know, that that kind of parting gift. He's been, he's, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Um, Would you say that was Steve Bruce's best, thick, best moment at Villa, signing John McGinn? Um, You're on the spot a little bit there. I can't like no specific games come to mind. He didn't get us promoted. We got to the playoff final, I guess. But if you don't win it, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> Certainly, his best signing, wasn't it? There were lots yeah. of there was lots of good moments for Steve. I don't want to turn this into a Steve Bruce podcast. <laughs> lots of good moments for Steve Bruce beating Wolves. Beat, you know, Wolves were runaway leaders, and Villa smashed them at Villa Park, didn't they? Um, that season. But anyway, moving on. What do you think, Ollie Watkins? A couple of comments asked about him. Does he work? Is he worth dropping now? Maybe trying something different. Maybe Keenan Davis coming in is the only option, or El Ghazi going up front, or something weird like that. To me, well, I don't know why you, why you bring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only the only way where Keenan Davis matches Ollie Watkins is that he can kind of he can chase, you know, can chase, run the flanks, and he can make the ball stick. I think Ollie Watkins is better at better at running the ball stick anyway, as yeah. well as 
being a goal threat, you know, making intelligent runs, being a, being a pretty sharp finisher despite a couple of chances going begging lately. I thought today, I thought he was worth his kind of weight, just the way he defended the front post. From yeah, the pressing was excellent. I thought from from set pieces. Um, yeah, does he? I don't think he, he, he want to want to rest. To be honest, I think he kind of yeah. fancied off against Man United to see yeah. what he can do there. Uh, so this is this comes back to the issue that Villa have got, and you know, with with Wesley not still not not ready, Keenan Davis is the only the only alternative that you've got. I don't think he's a good enough alternative to to leave Ollie Watkins out. Yeah, and as as much as I. Don't want to diss Keenan Davis when Ollie Watkins isn't scoring goals. You don't look at Keenan Davis and go, "Oh, there's a goal scorer sat on the bench. Let's get him in," because he doesn't add goals either. He will offer the same things Watkins does, but not as good, like you said. Villa are scoring goals anyway. Even well, yeah, Ollie Watkins isn't goals. specifically, yeah, but Villa are still still doing well and playing well. He was very good against Crystal Palace, and that, this comments coming in saying the same as what we've just said because they're a little bit behind. The press from the front that Ollie Watkins brings is as good as anything as well, and that will create space for the players, and that that is what happens. His goals will come at some point. I think it's a shame he's probably not been given a penalty here, here or there in the last couple of games. When I think El Ghazi took took the one um, against Wolves, was it? I can't remember. Um, just to get his confidence back up and get get him back on the score sheet. But the goals will come for Watkins, so I'm I'm pretty convinced of that. And he lacks confidence anyway. I no, I don't. Really the hard work he brings is 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 as as important. I think he just knows it's a kind of occupational hazard as a goal as a as a. Um, as a centre forward, you'll go through Timo Werner stages in your career, won't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, no, listen, I, 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 I'd back him. I'd back him all the way, whether he's scoring goals or not. And it's interesting from the, the stat that's pointed out tonight that I think, with the exception of the Burnley game, when Villa kind of, you know, almost got a battered the door, battered the door down, but couldn't score, and the Leeds game when. Um, the mighty master master that's Marcelo Bielsa came along and did a job on Villa. Villa scored in every single game. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what point I'm making. I just kind of peep it out there. <laughs> um, I just want to look at the next the next few fixtures. Um, hopefully, that's come up on screen. Yes, it has. Good. There's also a dog barking. Apologies if you can hear it. Um, so, I've got Man United up next on Friday. Friday night, it was moved from the Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I think. Uh, in the league, then it's the FA Cup third round against Liverpool, which I didn't realise it snuck, snuck up on so quick. I just saw a comment saying we need to make changes against Liverpool, and I was thinking, oh god, when is that? Uh, that's the eighth of January, and I would expect there were changes made there. We'll come to that in a second. And Tottenham, Everton, Burnley, Southampton, and West Ham. It's a tricky run of seven fixtures there. Um, just going through those in order: Man United on Friday. Is it just a case of stopping Bruno Fernandes, and we've got a chance, or are Man United better than that? It's just a case of stopping him from fouling himself in the in the Villa box. I think that's the uh, that's yeah. the main thing. Now, listen, you know, United look like they've <laughs> they've found a, a new lease of life, and you know, fancy themselves as as outsiders for for a title challenge. Um, so it's not going to be it's not going to be straightforward there. But again, it's a bit like tonight's game. You'd, you'd back Villa to to go there, to to be tight at the back and to create chances. So, again, Villa play play the way they played tonight. Um, they've got, what are we today? Are we Monday today? They've got four, yep. four days to try and get some energy back in the legs. But I think Villa can, I mean, a very, 
I wouldn't say very poor. Well, I suppose Villa were a poor team in Premier League terms last season, and still went to still went to to Old Trafford and, and got a draw, and perhaps could have won the game. So you'd imagine this Villa team can go there and fancy the chances of getting a win. Um, I don't know about changes for Liverpool. You know, the, after the United, yeah, game, you've got a week. You've got a week to prepare for the Liverpool game, and then you've got five days before the Tottenham game. You know, depends. Are Villa going to win the league? Are they going to win the FA Cup? I'm not sure what the what the priority is, but I'd fancy this. I'm going to put the bloody curse on it now, but I'd fancy I'd fancy us for a cup run this year if we take it with, you know, we, we take it seriously. And this is where I kind of um, fall into kind of old traditional mat again. Because Christ, I, I really want us to go. And win that. <laughs> I really want us to go and win that competition. Um, Does winning so, the FA Cup get you into Europe? Say again. Like, Does winning the FA Cup get you into Europe? Yeah, they'll be in Europe anyway. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wonder whether it'd drop us out of the, uh, the go to somebody else. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think you probably want to look at making some changes just because it's it's a cup game and you want to keep players fresh at a busy time of the year. But then Liverpool will make changes as well, won't they? You'd have thought. I know they take the FA Cup more seriously than, than the Papa John's Cup or whatever the other one's called these days. Is that is that it? Papa John's Trophy or something? No, it's still the Carabao Cup, Deb. Oh, is it actually? Oh, yeah. Papa John's is the, is the old um, Johnston's paint, I think, isn't it? Uh, okay. I thought they changed the, the, the League Cup this year as well. Is that not? Have they? Have they? I thought they changed it. It not, I'm sure it's the pizza thing, the pizza hut. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Anyway, I always think of it as the Carling Cup for some reason. That's what I always call it, just because that's what it used to be back in the day as well. Um, but yeah, Liverpool take that more seriously than they do the FA Cup. So you think they won't make, they're not going to play the kids, for example, but they'll make changes because they just will. So that's still an opportunity for Villa to get through. And if they do, you, you'd look to hope that they take it more seriously. Out of all those, though, what do you think is the most difficult game there? There's some, they're all tough games, I think. No easy games in this league, mate. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it, <laughs> show. Next game, next, you know, take each game as it comes. Um, I don't know. This is Aston Villa 2020, 2021, isn't it? Who knows? God, they can take on anybody, you know. I don't know. I think um, if Villa, you know, who are the next three league games? United away. Tottenham at home and Everton at home, you know, I'd take five points from those and I'd be, be pretty chuffed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard to go. Yeah. I think Tottenham's yeah. probably the hardest there. I think. Just because I think they'll be hard to break down. That's yeah, the thing. Bore us into submission, won't they? Yeah, I think I think we're all right when teams play, play into us a little bit. Um, and I would expect that from Man United, Liverpool, Everton. Burnley will also be difficult again just to break them down in Southampton. We've, we've seen what they can do and West Ham just annoying me because of the, the arrow thing that we've had. Um, we've had people, other people come in with their um, suggestions what the cup is called. So that some of these mean nothing to me because they're before my time so I don't know whether they're even true or not. Um, Jason O'Brien says Milk Cup. Is that a Milk thing? Cup. Blimey, it was a thing back in the day, yeah. Worthington's Cup. Rumbleos. Rumbleos Cup. Simard Cup. We've got Papa James. Uh, we've also got Littlewoods Cup. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, blind. Wow. Coca Cola Cup, of course. Yeah, that's a famous one. Co- that demographic is older than I thought. I know, yeah. It really is. It's just the Carling Cup to me. That's what I remember. When we went to um, the Cup final with Martin O'Neill, that was the Carling Cup, wasn't it? Or was that the semi final? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. We're going down a stupid rabbit hole here. How do I get this comment off the screen? Generally, though, overall, to get out of here, happy with a point against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, Matt. 
Yeah, really, really satisfied, especially with Villa going going behind and achy breaky legs. Um, yeah. After you know a busy schedule, I'm I'm pleased. Let's just look at the Premier League table, Dan. It's just, yeah, it's just remarkable. Bear with me. Bear with you me. Know, we're going into 2021. That's the Yeah, with two games in hand over Leicester, one game in hand over Everton and Liverpool. If we win those two games in hand, we'd be top of the league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's remarkable. Hey, just as a slight aside, have you been? Have you had any snow fun today? Uh, no, I've had snow fun, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> What you've done there? I've, I've not. I've barely even left left the house because I've not been working. I've just been lying around doing nothing. They, my parents went to walk the dog in the snow, and he loved it. And I was like, "Oh, it's too cold." And then you don't enjoy it, do you? When you get older, don't you? I might go for a slushy uh, walk when really? I'm. Yeah, yeah, I might go for a slushy walk. We've got a skip on our drive at the moment, and it's it's not got very good drainage on it, so it looks like the world's worst, dirtiest slush puppy. Oh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, you've, got, you've got young kids. I don't think you go out and play in the snow when you get to 25. Yeah, my kids have been over Lisa's Park today and um, oh, they've been sending, sending me pictures and, and videos of it while I've been uh, I've been grafting. Yeah. Um, you worked hard, haven't you, the last couple of days? You don't, you I have, mate. I've been proofreading stories. I've been cropping photos, honestly. Really? I've not had a drink. I've not had a, a drink for days. And I, I'm as part of the new health kick, I'm not having a drink... Outside of Fridays and Saturdays, name. Oh, so when, is it nearly Friday? Oh, I'm gasping. Um, After Man United, you can have one then. I'll have one on the podcast with you. Deal. And what else are we going to say? Um, to try and lose weight as well, I've started reaching for, you know, the cracky nuts? Yeah, yeah. You know when you get nuts at Christmas and you've got to... God, it's such... It's, all, all food should be like that. All food what, should you have to break it. Yeah, you have to kind of find a way to break into it and kind of, you know, reward yourself with it. You know, just to pulling back a little bit of plastic wrapping, don't do it for me. Anyway, are we done? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we were probably done about 15 minutes ago. Um, a little half an hour episode. I do enjoy these post-match ones. They always descend into a bit of a ramble. I said at the start, there'd be more waffling here than, than Jim Beglin's commentary and proved, proved it correctly at the end there. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us live on Facebook or YouTube this evening on Monday. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, this will be out, obviously, on Monday night as well. But please do go over to iTunes or Spotify. <clears throat> And leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. Don't mention that I coughed during the podcast, though, because that's very unprofessional. Um, but it is live, and that's proof it's live. Also, the dog barking. McGinn, excellent performance. I'm not just saying that for the audio listeners. Matt just held up a beer mat with McGinn's name on. Um, you've really got to watch these podcasts, though, I think, because there's so much stupid visual nonsense as well. Um, but, yeah, if you are listening, get involved. Leave, leave us reviews on iTunes, all the, all the rest of it. Leave us comments on YouTube. Matt's still holding things up. He's just distracting me at this point. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in live. Thank you, Matt, for joining me. And we'll be back again on Friday evening after we've beat Man United 6-0 for the first time at Old Trafford. Thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.